Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I had a homewarming party this weekend. I learned a lot about celiac disease. <laughs> you can debate what degree of mental illness I have. I want to take you, Kalina, but I don't want you to know where it is. I want you to sign a confidentiality clause. <laughs> to be easy, Curtis Jackson. So this is the only time we've had access to the thoughts of a 15, 16, 17-year-old when he becomes a pro. Do you want to know? I do. I want to know. know what somebody said when they were 15, 16 yeah, well, years old? Yeah. I, well, if you got them, put them out. I want to know all of them. I don't care. If you're eight, you so, heard it from Somewhere, what that I thought when she first came out, I thought she was a man. I don't agree. I don't think you go in there and you go against your teammates, you go against other athletes in the league and try to stand with your owner. The day after your owner says everybody's gonna toe the line, it's hard to believe that this is an authentic belief of his. Marvin Harrison had it understood that he would kill Peyton Manning <laughs> if he didn't throw him a goddamn ball. Yeah. I'm going to China, baby. Shishani, like, give me that money. My ice is colder. You get a sense that she feels like that. Shishani, come over here. And for that reason, Jerry Jones, you are a big dummy. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectacle. That's what we were trying to say. You got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 66 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And what an episode we have for you this time out. We have a ton of good stuff to talk about and we have a number of wonderful, wonderful segments want to thank you guys for finding us we certainly appreciate that and uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing it with your friends and most importantly we appreciate the feedback when you guys reach out to us we certainly appreciate it however you do it through the sports talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook or by tweeting me at Wade's word always wonderful to hear from you guys and to hear what you think and what you like and what you don't like well this episode we have brand new what's brand new in our lives also headlines we have surprise surprise a better recognize we have a little bit of sports e with kalina and then in the second half of the show we have kevin allen coming back for this or that we have a brand new segment why we kneel now we'll tell you more about that as we go forward we'll have birthdays the lamont award And before I let go, so a lot to get into. And on top of all of that, an interview with Nana Asare to talk about the English Premier League and talk a little bit of soccer. So we have a full show for you guys this time out. And let's get started by bringing in Kalina. Kalina, what's new? Well, um, I found out this week that I received a Best Supporting Actress Award for the Ensemble Theater. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Wish it was more to me in here, but it's just uh, you and I right yeah, now. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that was a very nice surprise. One, because I usually do not get awards at all. I'm pretty, uh, I don't strive for much. <laughs> but then also, you know, all I did was saunter around. And like you know, yeah, in a tight in the, dress. T- tell the people the production because it was the it was the very you, you got to play ingenue. You were very very seductive. And yeah, promiscuous. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You know, my part was not very large. It was just me being sensual on stage. So the fact that I got nominated for anything, it's like I wonder what it was. Was it just me in a nice tight dress or my acting well, skills? Well, I'll say this: just like. Denzel ultimately won for Training Day. Mm-hmm. He should have won for Malcolm X. Yeah. You, the Plantinos thing was, I thought, the thing that you were, that I liked the most that you were in at the ensemble. Oh, well, thank you. I, I don't, I, my favorite thing must have been, the, I don't know, it may have been the thing you were in at Main Street. Yeah, the Revolutionist. The Revolutionist, would you still getting paid for? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wait, but my, actually, my favorite thing you've ever done was when you were my. Oh, listen to that. But I, okay, so I wanted to share real quick what my mom and dad said. So I sent it over to my mom, a screenshot of my nomination. And my mom said, plan to be there. 
said, yeah, I'm going. She said, no, I plan to be there. And I was like, mom, I don't know if it's public. And she said, it says, feel free to bring a guest. Blood comes first if it comes down to it. My cervix still hurts from giving birth to you. (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, I'm going to be inviting my mom and my stepdad (laughs) to the award. So the rest of us will just have to wait on the sidewalk to see if you want? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll tweet it out or something. What about you? What's brand new? Well, I mean, I've discovered things, and I guess I'm starting to use this podcast as a bit of therapy and sort of rediscovering me. Oh, no. <laughs> so I looked at something the other day, like a couple of different things. But I looked at, I don't know what how this came up. I guess I was on the, in the YouTube rabbit hole, and I ended up seeing... I saw something I hadn't seen in years, but I know really well. Do you, and maybe you don't know this. Are you familiar with the show Good Times? Yeah, of course. And if you know me, you know that I was a child that was born on television. Yeah. Like, we were just weird on television. Not, mm-hmm. not that we, we played. Don't get me wrong. We were always outside, but we saw our share of reruns and watching Good Times and and the Jeffersons and Sanford and Son. With TV generation. Yeah. More than this generation. This is the computer game, you know, social media generation. We were television generation. So that being said, one of my favorite episodes of Good Times was the Black Jesus episode. That was season one. And I thought to myself, whatever happened to that painting? And being the the collector of fine art that I am, Uh I am in search of, the Black Jesus print, a print. I know you can't get the original, but I would like the the, the print of Black Jesus. So if anybody out there knows where I can find the print of Black Jesus, please let me know so I can I can have that in my home. I would like to have Black Jesus in my home, and not not the the Black Jesus the, like the modern Black Jesus where where you know he got braids and muscles and you know he looked <laughs> like he out of some a black romance novel. I'm talking about the you know hey. Hold up the peace sign and the world in his hand. I'm telling you, man, I, I would like that painting. It, it has sentimental and historical sort of uh, relevance for me personally. It's, it speaks to me. So, yeah. So, I, that's that's what I'm looking for. And the other thing is, in, in the process of doing all of these podcasts, I, I was listening to a lot of different podcasts. And I heard an interview with a guy. I said to myself, you know what? This guy would be the perfect guy for Kalina. Okay. So, now... <laughs> I mean, just the backstory. I am her. I'm her life coach. Mm. So, and I have. I'm pretty much. I'm not the kind of friend that I'm just. I'm accepting of anything and everything that you do. I'm the kind of friend that has an opinion on everything. Yes. And you tolerate that, but because I think generally deep down inside, a you know that I have pure motives, and b because you know what I'm saying is right. No, the first <laughs> one is definitely true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, the guy's name is David Diggs, I think is his name. Yes, he's in Blind Spotting. Yeah, he wrote it. Yeah, and he was also in Hamilton. Yes, and he's yeah. on Blackish. Oh, yeah. So he does. Uh, he's done. He's done cameos, and he's a part of the cast sometimes on Blackish. That's the perfect guy for you, because okay. I'm not casting any aspersions on the, whoever you're dealing with in the recent. <laughs> past but <laughs> but but it's like you go from one extreme to the other extreme and i i think that that's the guy he's from oakland okay so he's he's kind of you know i'm looking at him he has right to have now. some kind of hood in him if he's from oakland why do i need some hood why do you need some hood yeah I, again i know you uh, I, what is <laughs> but that then he also has to be kind of artsy and and kind of eccentric and all of those things to play into the other part of, of who you are. So that's the guy. So okay. Well, if anybody, make that happen. if anybody knows David Diggs, please, please uh, give him my information. <laughs> <laughs> put, put him on the park. I'm, that's, then there it is. I'm more likely to ask him for an audition than I am a date, but still, please. So, but no, so that, that's the guy. That's Moving forward, that's the guy. Okay. With that, let's go to headlines. Want to bring in the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, and a lot going on this week. Uh, preseason got started in earnest. A lot of preseason action. Has anything stood out to you in the preseason to make you say, wow, let me take a look at this? Not exactly. Not yet. It's still early to tell. I, I really start giving my determination around that third week when you start getting cuts because right now everybody – 
because everybody's is playing right now, trying to earn a spot for another week or so to impress these coaches. So around week three in the preseason, when that number start getting start getting down to where they're trying to get, then to me it starts telling the tale. We've seen a couple of rookie quarterbacks step up. Everybody's talking about Baker Mayfield and his performance the other night. Baker Mayfield parked behind Tyrod Taylor right now, as it's, and it would seem it's going to be like that. But he came out, he looked pretty good. He had a lot of poise. He moved in the pocket. He made some throws. He looked a lot better than Lamar Jackson did. Also, Sam Darnold looked good. So, you know, I look a lot at the quarterbacks. And, again, it'll be, you know, the next couple of weeks you'll start to see more of your guys. I think seeing a guy come back from injury like uh, Deshaun Watson, he looked comfortable in his one series. So uh, you want to stay away from the the major injuries, which we saw that happen to uh, Darius Geis in Washington. His season is done, torn ACL, and he's out for the year. So the uh, added piece to their running game won't be there. But uh, we saw Dalvin Cook, where actually he got off to a great start, and then he got hurt. You see that from time to time with teams, but a bad blow for him and a tough blow uh, for the Washington Redskins. Other thing you want to talk about in, in the headlines, and you're a basketball guy, so I always lean. Whenever you're with me, I try to lean uh, heavy on the basketball side. The NCAA comes out with a set of new rules trying to clean up the sport. I mean, there's a lot of corruption in basketball. I mean, there's a lot of cor- corruption across the board. They come out with the, the Rice plan. Talk a little bit about what you think of it. And, and essentially, what players can hire agents. The NCAA will now allow agents to represent college players and pay for minor expenses tied to their professional ambitions as long as the agent is certified and uh, there's a certification process. Also, high school players now can hire, well, not now, it's not implemented yet, but these are the proposed uh, changes. Uh, but high school players, if they're deemed elite by USA Basketball, they too can hire an agent. And also another thing is, of course, you can hire an agent going to the draft, all the way into the draft. If you don't get your name called, you can come back to school. However, there's no guarantee that you have a scholarship waiting on you. What are your thoughts on the NCAA trying to address some of this stuff? Well, they're trying to address it, but I don't think that they've done a really good job on there. I don't think I can't say they didn't think it through. The one that sticks out to me that is part that I shared with you is where you can hire an agent and then go into the draft like you stated. Don't get drafted. You don't get your name called, but come back to school. But what if that that school doesn't have a scholarship for you now? They haven't come up with anything or I haven't heard anything as to where will this guy have to sit out and wait another year or or can he transfer immediately? Or what's going to happen because something's going to come down the lines where one of these kids is going to get drafted and then they want to come back. But if you're, if you're that college coach, you're thinking that this kid is gone, you got to fill that spot. Now when you don't have any more scholarships available, now you have that kid out there hanging. So I don't think that they've really looked at that part. Oh, yeah, you can hire an agent and go in the draft. And what if you. Because that could, what that really yeah. could do is you could have half the team go pro just to see what happens. See if what it's happened. not going to cost you anything, you can get a few dinners paid for by agents. You can go out on the town. Right. And if nothing happens, you have your squad. Maybe you're trying to go pro and then they want to come back. And then now you, as a coach, you're left in limbo. I know they're not going to allow that. Yeah, see, that that's the thing that I haven't seen, what's going to happen with those kids. You know, if you come back and now there's your scholarship is gone, so you're not going to be able to go into the draft and keep your scholarship. So once you declare, that's it. And Unless they make a, a provision for that. The one thing that I did like is the players being allowed to go back to school. So they want to, uh, the NCAA will require Division One schools to provide tuition fees and books for former players who want to return to school and continue towards their degree. Uh, but the players must be no more than 10 years removed from school, and they cannot have left before completing two years towards their degree. So if you go for two years, you go pro or whatever, and it doesn't work out in four or five years, the school must provide you tuition and books uh, to go back to school, which, I, I mean, I like that. I like that because you've made enough money. It's not going to hurt you. And some of those guys have really put you on the map where you're in that NCAA tournament and you're getting that big money. You can, you can, you're going to afford it. It won't, it won't. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part of that, though, I wonder if it'll count towards graduation rate somehow, if it'll bolster a program if a guy does come back and do that. Because we know that when they do leave early, 
these schools are, are penalized and, and they have some sanctions. We see it in, in a number of schools. Uh, from that standpoint, that's a, a big, big deal. Also, Kev, the NBA schedule came out this week. I'm really surprised the NBA has been able to steal headlines from the NFL this late into the summer. But anything about the NBA schedule stood out to you at all? Uh, I mean, is this just a way of keeping up NBA talk? Well, you got to keep it up, I mean, and keep the interest with the with, with, your, with your fan base. And I think the NBA does a tremendous job in marketing and keeping everybody interested and keep the talk going with these guys. And these guys stay relevant during the offseason because they're always in the news. So yeah, And I think this has been thing. a particularly big offseason for uh, the NBA with LeBron, of course, making changes, Kawhi leaving. Two of your major, major stars changing addresses. That's a big deal. And a second-level well, second top-tier player, if that's the thing, in DeMar DeRozan changing the address. So I think they have done a, a great marketing job in the vacuum that's, that's been left by the NFL botching the situation uh, with player protests and battling back and forth with Donald Trump. So it's a, it's a whole thing, and it's, a, it's really – the NFL not taking care of their business and the NBA saying, hey, we got it. Because like we talked about on the Houston show, it's not like this is going to be a very competitive season any more than any other. San Antonio got weaker, but the Lakers got stronger, but they're not ready to compete. Well, I don't think the, the Spurs got weaker. When you look at it, you still make the playoffs without Kawhi. But then you add an all-star. So I don't say you got weaker. Yeah, you lose Kawhi, but he didn't play at all last year and you still made the playoffs. So now you're adding an all-star to play. think you got a little bit better. But then when you look at the NBA guys, you, even like right now, Steph Curry is out on the golf course playing golf. Yeah, he so finished he's, the last, play, last so, place, by the way. So he's, he's still in the news. You got Kevin Durant here. You got LeBron out with the schools. You have – See, their guys are still out here. NFL players aren't like that. They're not out where the public well, can touch them. Well, they're not as popular. Nobody, no athlete in the country is more popular than LeBron James. But I'm and, saying even with, with Steph Curry being out, and you, yeah. have, you have these other guys that's still out in the news. They're out in the mix. NFL players aren't out in the mix like this, well, so but that's I think, why. I think it's more a, a instrument of the NBA doing a great job of getting – that you know, the, I mean, and the NFL has tried to do this over the years, and it's worked for them. You push the draft back. Now you, the schedule release day is a big deal, and then you try to put these little things in throughout the season. And and, and NBA is doing the same thing, and they're doing a better job at it. So. Yeah, at that part. But I'm saying, as far as the individuals, they're out now. The NBA is playing their part too, but these guys are out in the news, which is which is keeping them relevant and keeping the NBA relevant. So. The NBA, it's all about timing with them when they put out the Christmas Day list. Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knicks starting it off. You have That's the Greek freak. Porzingis won't be playing, but you have him there. Oklahoma City, you have Russell Westbrook and James Harden and those guys in the second game. Third game, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons against the Boston Celtics. Then you have the Lakers in Golden State, Portland and Utah. So that day is just, I'm going to be in front of the television with the remote, all of my snacks, I'm not moving. Yeah. So you got all that there, they, and it's just about time. And they put out the Martin Luther King Day schedule. They, they're doing I mean, they, yeah, they've released the entire yeah. schedule. I just think, you know, I mean, like I said, it's, I really have not paid much attention to it, and I, I won't look at it until probably Thanksgiving. I start to think about, okay, what who's playing on, on Christmas Day again? But I think it's a good thing that, that we're even talking about it. It's a good thing for the NBA and considering that this is not a very exciting league from a competitive standpoint, you know who the champ is going to be, and that's going to be who. Who's going to be the champ? Yeah, I'm gonna make you can make your prediction almost a year ahead of time. Who's going to win the NBA championship? Hey, my cousins, my two little cousins, Clay and, and Steph, they're going to be right back. Golden State Warriors, right back in the mix now. Around right after Christmas, you'll get Boogie Cousins in, and, and this is what I tell people: don't hate on the Warriors. The Warriors did this thing the right way. You no, can't. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't no, think, I'm just saying some it's, people. It's not an indictment of them. I mean, they're a great team. Other than you know my whole deal with Kevin Durant doing what he did, but I just think that 
you like where's the competition and that, and that's not good for the league. However, they it's good, but, taken but, it. but they're saying it's not good for the league. But they did it the right way. You drafted Steph. You drafted Clay. Everybody missed okay, on Draymond. Okay, but where's the mystery? If you already know who's gonna win the championship, you, so you watch because I guess because you just like basketball, but you know what the ultimate but, outcome is. But the thing about it is, these teams need to do their homework. Okay, that's but I'm saying, okay, down. if you're around the league and you're a fan of any other team other than Golden State. What and you want to win a championship? That's the the goal. You want to win it all. How many teams think they have a chance? One. Real people that understand basketball know the Lakers don't have a chance. Rockets. Rockets Rockets will add Carmelo. The Lakers Lakers are ten to twelve, possibly fifteen games better with LeBron. Okay, but does that make them a threat to Golden State? Not yet. Is Houston a threat to Golden State? They're the closest than anybody, Still. other than Boston. Still, after Don't losing what they lost. Don't sleep on Boston. Well, all right. Well, now it's time for a segment that we call Surprise, Surprise. Surprise, Surprise. Or you better recognize. Recognize. This is why I give Kevin a player situation or entity, and you tell me if, uh, if it's a surprising turn of events or, hey, you should have seen this coming. Let's start with Cam Newton confronting Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin was a receiver for the Carolina Panthers until this year, and he is now a Buffalo Bill. Well, on the way out of the door, really he was out of the door, he took a lot of shots at Cam Newton. He said that he wasn't – essentially he didn't have the football IQ and the accuracy of the the other quarterbacks in his career would have been better had Cam Newton not been his quarterback and he would have had an Aaron Rodgers or you name whatever your top-notch quarterback. Cam sees him before a preseason game and he goes up and he has a conversation with the man. Now, I don't know what was said or what was attempted to be said, but you could tell Kelvin wasn't trying to hear it and Cam was trying to talk this thing out like a man. Are you surprised that Cam went after, or not went after, because that's a strong thing. Are you surprised that Cam confronted Kelvin Benjamin, or do you, are you just, hey, did you charge that to the game? You recognize, you better recognize that's how it goes. I, was, I wasn't surprised. So you better recognize, huh? Well, yeah. Recognize! Because, uh, I mean, he did it the right way. He walked up to him, no confrontation. Another gentleman standing there told him, kind of told him, hey, look, I got this, but Benjamin didn't want any parts of it. Cam needed to get it off of his chest. So there it was. So I think he did it the right way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not surprised, and I think that's the way you do it. If you want to, because again, I think what Kelvin Benjamin did to him was so not cool. He, it was really, really not cool that he did that. As an African American quarterback, you have all this criticism anyway, and a lot of it along the same line, uh, traditionally. And for a receiver like this, who was an underachiever himself, to come out and go after him, he needed to be confronted. And I, you know, Cam did his thing. So I'm, I, I say, hey, you better recognize that one because oh, yeah. that's not a surprise that that happened. Next up, surprise, surprise, or better recognize, Des Bryant still not signed by an NFL team. Were you surprised by that, or hey, you better recognize this is just what it is. It's just what it is. You better recognize. Recognize right now. He he's not that standout receiver anymore. You can pretty much get him anywhere right now, uh, from what he is. But he does bring some experience. But then he got some other things that go along with him. What so about the, all of the tweeting? Does that help or hurt him? Because I think, to me, I think that's man. Just shut up and be quiet. Going back and forth with your teammates and and going back and forth on guys on Twitter. Wait until you get a job before you do that. But that's just the way it is with these guys now, social media. They think that's the way of the world. So, hey, just uh, like I said, there's, he, I'm like, you just kind of chill, get your job, and then move on. Looks like he'll be visiting Cleveland next week. But, hey, he may not. I'm surprised, really surprised that he hadn't been signed before. Now, he is a high-profile guy. He's an un, he, uh, underachiever by the standards that – I have been thrust upon him by, I think, the media and by, behind the fact that he's a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, but I'm surprised that he hadn't been signed. But if he doesn't keep quiet, he may not get signed at all. Finally, in surprise, surprise, or better recognized, Jalen Hurts comes out and says, uh, basically says, nobody from the coaching staff at Alabama talked to him. And he basically said the narrative has been cast. Is that a surprise? Surprise? Do you, you are you better recognized that you know that Jalen Hurts spoke out? I'm surprised at that. Surprise! 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 Getting on surprise. Nick Saban's bad side with that, 
Now you're in a quarterback competition now with Nick. He he's gonna try to get the best guy out there to win, but you don't want anything negative to hit you to get on his bad side that can cause you to lose that job. Well, I don't think that it. I mean, his father came out and said he'd be the high, hottest free agent in college football history if he left. I don't know if if I was Jalen, I would have left already if, because when you you lead a team with two national championship games, now you get pulled for a guy in the third quarter, he wins the game. It's like, what am I going to do? I mean, am I going to have a fair shot? And I, the answer doesn't seem like it is. I, I mean, I thought all along that it wasn't it wasn't right the way that that was handled. Now, obviously, well, you could say they won a championship, so that's – but, you know, to do that – I mean, again, you can't argue ultimately with winning the championship, but who's to say that they wouldn't have won it – Without Jalen, although he had a horrible first half, who's to say that he? I mean, he he's been in adverse situations before and pulled him out. But you know what? You got to think about it. How did he get the job? A guy struggled, and he came in and never looked back. Now he was in that situation. He struggled, and a guy came but in he and pulled him out for a half. But that guy in went, a game that you got him to a championship game, you got him to. Hey, so. but you got it. You got to you know do what's best for the team. Now that guy played a half. Now who's Who's to say that I can't pronounce the guy's name? But Tua, yeah, that's, that's his him. first Tua. name. Tua, Tua. You're, who's to say Tua is going to come out this year can do that for the whole whole football season? So, you know, I, I get real funny about at least some degree of of loyalty to the guy that led your team. There's no loyalty. Well, no, I know it is. I, I know that it's not major college. And you know what I noticed? I, I noticed this about saving. In, in answering this, he's like, "Oh, this doesn't have any effect on our team. I, you know, our leaders. We, we, you know, we're not even paying attention to this. It's more important to you guys in the media than it is in the locker room." But he kept saying to this organization, to this organization, and you never hear schools saying the organization. They say the program, but an organization has has professional connotations to it, and I guess that's how they approach things. So. <laughs> Hey, that'll wrap it up for Surprise, Surprise, or Better Recognized. Now it's time for a segment that we call Sports E. This week in Sports E. Sports E. Entertainment. 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 The E is for entertainment. (laughs) This is where we talk about where the worlds of sports and entertainment collide. Kalina, you have a couple things for us this time out. Well, EA Sports has apparently seen the error of their ways after a recent report that a reference to an estranged Colin Kaepernick from a Big Sean verse was mysteriously pulled from the game's soundtrack. EA has apologized for the mistake and vowed to re-add the verse. We messed up, EA said, and the edit should never have happened. We will make it right with an update to Madden NFL 19. Somebody, uh, I guess, in the company or whatever, whoever, however, heard the name and said, nope, can't have him in. Just as an automatic reflex, and they didn't realize that they could have, they could use his name. See, they have licensing rights right. with players in the NFL, and he's not in the NFL, but that's this is in a song, and they didn't have any sort of restrictions from using his name in the song. Big Sean and those guys on the song, YG and a few other like whoever's on the song, really brought this to attention on social media. Otherwise, I don't know if a lot of people would have really made note. It was Big Sean himself say, look, I didn't discap, and you know they're going to make it right, but it's the whole thing. And Charlemagne the God and you know, the guy off of TMZ and um, somebody else, some, some, some other famous person, all uh, started a movement to say, well, hey, instead of buying the game for 60 bucks, we're going to take that money and donate it to the Colin Kaepernick charities or whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a thing. I mean, it's, everything is a thing these days, and that, that was a big thing. So. Absolutely. Well, there has been some recent reports that rapper Iggy Azalea and Texans DeAndre Hopkins were an item. Apparently, that is still to be determined. After Iggy claimed Hopkins as her man, Hopkins claimed Iggy was just a smash and dash and that he was ready to mingle. Well, that is... You know what? That young lady has caught some rough breaks dealing with, with Atlee. She was with uh, Swaggy P. And, of course, he was outed by his teammate, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and it was revealed that he was cheating on his wife on his, on a social media post where the guy was trying to, to joke Swaggy P, and that broke off their engagement. And she had been quiet on the dating scene as much, much as I could tell, and I'm not really, like, on a lot of that stuff, but... 
She ended up hooking up with Houston's own DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And DeAndre, I guess that whatever happened, happened. And she thought it was okay to say that they were an item. And basically, he was like, look, I don't do the social media thing. And, and no, I'm, I'm single. And so now she says, I will never date again. I'll just go, go it alone. You know, you think that uh, she would have learned her lesson to not get with these athletes. Well, I guess she has, hasn't she? She's going to just date, not date anymore. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Same, same on you first time, same on me second time. Well, yeah, she does it again. Like I said, you know, a lot of hardworking guys out here that would love the opportunity. Hang out, <laughs> they may not be the IG ready or, whatever, or or maybe have a high IG profile, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, so that, that's how it goes. The, the game is wicked out here, and she found out she stepped out there too far, and he had to reel her back in. Either that, she had to have thought that it was okay to make this public, and he said, no, nah, wait a minute, I met, he, he might have caught too much flack from somebody, or maybe his his real woman or whatever. <laughs> no telling. Yeah, I think he kind of did her wrong for just putting her out there like that. But, you know, she's she's a strong woman. She'll do it alone. And DeAndre will have his many ladies. And he has that pelt on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's Sports E. Well, that'll wrap up the first half of episode 66 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up in the second half, we have Nana Sorry. We have This or That. When we have a brand new segment, Why We Kneel, we have birthdays, the Lamont Award, and Before I Let Go. Coming up now, a word from our sponsor and some music from our very own DJ Malone. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Now for a segment that we call This or That. The choice is yours. You can oh. get with this or you can get with that. Or you can oh. get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this. In this uh, segment, I give Kev a player, team, entity, or situation, and he'll have a choice between this or that. Which is the better pro beef? Is it Cam versus Kelvin Benjamin or Draymond Green versus Tristan Thompson? This or that? Which are you choosing? Give me Draymond and Tristan. Why is that much more of an intriguing uh, sort of uh, adversarial situation? Because that that thing has lingered on since the NBA Finals, and then uh, a month or so later they see each other and try to squash it like the Benjamin and, and Cam Newton situation, and then it escalates. So that that's not over with, and, and we don't know what happened either. We don't know yeah. exactly because Draymond said, "I let y'all talk," but you you know the different varying reports, and then you had LeBron and Durant breaking it up, and and this was at the ESPYS too. Yeah. So, but, but you know what? They, okay, I'm just gonna make a case for Benjamin and Cam. I think to be able to see Cam walk up on him like that, to see the way that transpired. I, I thought that that was compelling television. So we didn't see the punch between Draymond and Tristan. If we, it was a punch. If it was a punch. We don't know what happened. But I, mean, I, I will lean the way of Draymond and Tristan Thompson, but at the same time, just to see that, the intensity of that interaction, that was that was compelling as well. But I think that is the – uh, that Draymond and Tristan, are the, that's the better yeah. of the two controversial uh, sort of uh, – 
professional beefs, as it were. Next up, NFL players, should they ignore Trump or should they keep addressing him? Because now we we starting to see uh, a number of pro athletes go back and forth with the president. I starting to see, well, hey, I think the best way to deal with him is just to ignore him, let him do what he does, because whatever he's doing is trying to provide a distraction for what's really going on, and that's the Robert Mueller investigation and collusion and Russia and all of those things. Is it time for the players to ignore him or, no, or even the NFL, for that matter, to ignore whatever Trump says and just do what they do, or should they still continue to address it, this or that? That, I guess, if that's the case. <laughs> right. Because I, I think the players should ignore him. Now, the owners won't be able to ignore him because he's in their pocket. But the players, I, I think, should just ignore him and keep doing what they're doing. I think that would upset him a little bit more, agitate him, and, and he, in, he may end up saying something that he regrets. So I would ignore him and just keep doing what we're doing and speaking among ourselves. Just in, in conversation, just don't even ex- include him in, in your conversation. I think that would upset him more. Thing, the more this thing goes on, the less important the NFL is to people who have bigger. I mean, with the midterm elections coming up, people are focused on real things, not the symbolism. With all these things that are coming out and all the things that are happening in the midterm elections, people see this as him just trying to play pander to the lowest common denominator of his base. And he's just, you know, doing that to kind of throw a, a bone to his base by going at the, after these high profile African American athletes. I think people are kind of seeing that, hey, man, that, this is not in, important in the grand scheme yeah. of what's going on with you. So I do think that they should ignore him and, and move forward. However they navigate these waters, involving him is the worst thing you can do because have, he's really the reason why all this thing, all of this stuff blew up again. Now the owner's doing a better job of keeping quiet and they're handling their business from that standpoint. Right. But – I don't know how they're going to navigate this. We saw players kneel. We saw players with raised fists. We saw players sit last night. Some stayed in the locker room. And the NFL says, hey, we're not going to punish them. And, of course, Trump comes out and says something. But I, I think that the NFL should remain steadfast in this situation and just work it however they have to work it work for it their out, organization. Right. Next up, who was more impressive the other night, Baker Mayfield or Saquon Barkley? And, of course, uh, just to set the stage for you, of course, you've heard all about Baker Mayfield uh, since the game the other night. Uh, but Saquon Barkley had a 39-yard run in the opener, and they'll be counting on him quite a bit in uh, New York. The Giants, uh, I mean, a, a lot of hype comes with playing in New York. Uh, but who were you more impressed with, Baker Mayfield or Saquon Barkley? Baker Mayfield. Baker was poised, got out of the pocket when necessary, made the proper throws, proper reads. Energy was there. Uh, it was electric for his team, so I think Baker Mayfield was had the most impressive debut. Uh, Saquon Barkley had the 39-yard run, yeah, he didn't but do the, much but else. after that, yeah. other than that, I think he had another four or five carries for maybe four yards or so. I was a little bit more impressed with Baker Mayfield. Well, I, I think you you have to be impressed with, with Baker more, although you, being in New York, Saquon having that kind of run that that validates so many things. Uh, for the Giants, but I think yeah, I agree with you on that situation. That it, that really essentially Baker Mayfield looked pretty good. I still think it's really Tyrod good. Taylor's team, and I think it should be uh, for this season. Let Baker sit and and calm himself down. We've seen this show play out. We've seen all the hype behind jo- uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, and you know we see what happened to, to even RG three his rookie year. All of this hype and excitement, and then these guys fall one by one. They fall back down to earth. So let's be patient. If I'm a Cleveland fan, let's roll with Tyrod Taylor. He's a safe guy. He's a steady guy. Uh, but hey, if if Baker continues to play well, he'll have to he'll earn some playing time sooner rather than later. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, and then they look at who 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 they'll be able to market better, and you can market Baker. Baker Mayfield and get the people behind him. All right, uh, right. So Tyrod Taylor had an uh, outstanding. Couple of series himself, right? He, he kept the pressure yeah. on, I, and I like Tyrod. I mean, and, and that, it's a tough situation for him to be in too, knowing that okay, even if I get off, I, this is a one year job. It's, I mean, look, it's almost like a Case Keenum thing. He's gonna have to win a Super Bowl, and he, yeah, and he, yeah, well, yeah. If he does that, then he will have a job in Cleveland. Yeah, 
Hey, man, uh, before you get out of any final thoughts before you, you step away? Happy to be here. Enjoy the show, uh, the Houston show. Happy to uh, you invite me on the podcast. Uh, try to keep me relevant a little bit. I oh, really man, appreciate hey, that. You're doing your thing. So yeah, oh, I'm telling man. you, you're expanding, you, hey, you're expanding your brand. I can tell you that. You're doing, <laughs> you working your hustle, son. Salut. Je n'ai aucune idée de la raison pour laquelle Devan m'a demandé de faire ça, surtout que la majorité d'entre vous n'ont pas la moindre idée de ce que je dis. Mais bon, j'adore écouter Kalina, le Silver Fox et Devan sur le podcast de Sports Talk Devan Wade. A plus My name is Caleb and I listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devon Wade and I too. It's Shelly Wade and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devon Wade. But not NFL football, not college football, but uh, soccer. And we are coming off of a wonderful World Cup and EPL, the English Premier League. See, I'm using initials now. Isn't that something? Uh, it started, what, uh, today, essentially, is, is when it started. First and foremost, uh, thank you for joining us. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the World Cup. I love this World Cup, um, Devin. I thought this was one of the more exciting World Cups. You know, going into it, a lot of people were skeptical. I was one of those because Russia is one of those uh, places where you just don't know how the environment is going to be like, whether it's going to be receptive to international matches and, you know, all the political um, issues that sometimes come with that part of the, of the world. But it was a very successful campaign, and uh, I was also very happy to see that the uh, African player or African players were highlighted, especially in the finals with the uh, national. So I was encouraged by what I saw. Um, I was not encouraged by the fact that U.S. was not in it. Ghana wasn't in it, uh, but I still think that there's still time for those nations to grow um, their fan base as well as their following, uh, so that in 2022, when the World Cup goes to Qatar, and then in 2026, when it comes to North America, they'll be much, much better positioned to at least make a run after those semis, if not the finals. Well, I know the African teams didn't advance to the knockout stage, and one of the teams got eliminated on a, what would they call it, a friendly rule tiebreaker or something? What, what was that? What were the circumstances around in that? Yeah, so essentially um, in the group stages, uh, the rule is that the uh, team with the most points automatically advance. The top two teams go to the next round during the knockout stages. And in Senegal's case, they tied one of their matches, and their goal differential was basically at, a, at an even with, um, I believe it was Colombia. And Colombia ended up going forward because of the goal differential and also the head-to-head matchup um, that they had. So sometimes it can get a little bit twisty, you know, just... How should I say, a little bit mathematical, if you will, and a lot different for uh, Well, my uh, understanding is, yeah, they were eliminated because they had uh, more red cards and more yellow cards. And exactly did, right. right. Exactly, yeah. They they go from head-to-head wind, uh, both scoring, and then if that doesn't work out, then they go to uh, cards accumulated and so forth. And so, unfortunately, and Senegal was one of the more exciting teams in the tournament, but it didn't work to their favor. I'm hoping that the next World Cup, when they expand, the field expands to nine, African nations that they'll be back uh, along with some some other uh, nations, namely Ghana. Is that big enough or too big for the expansion of the World Cup? Is that just about right? Is that too many teams, not enough teams? I think it's right. I mean, uh, I mentioned previously on your show, I think Africa has 54 nations, and it is the second largest continent. So in terms of growing the game, the international appeal of it, it's also the number one game on the continent. I think that does it does a lot of things that are positive for just the growth of the game and then viewership. So it, it makes sense. Uh, and not only Africa is getting uh, some, I believe um, Central America and excuse me, South America is also going to get a couple more as well in terms of the bidding spot. So it's an overall increase from 32 to, I believe, I want to say 48 teams. Right. That, those are a lot of teams. Well, we've had the soccer offseason, as it were. A lot of uh, transfers, a lot of storylines. 
Can you kind of just go over a few of the bigger things that happened this offseason before the start of this uh, this soccer season? Yes, so that's an excellent question. You know, the World Cup does two things. Um, obviously, it brings everyone together all around the world. In terms of uh, viewership and spectatorship, it's just a lot of excitement for that month that it's being held. But uh, for the players, it actually can propel them in terms of their career. And we're seeing, following the World Cup, a lot of rumors and transfers, you know, um, happening all over the place. Some big-name guys such as Ronaldo, obviously, left Real Madrid, as I, as I predicted. I thought he would come to America, so I was wrong there. He ended up going to Juventus, which ironically has been in the top two or three, uh, actually the top, uh, the last three UEFA championships they played against Real Madrid, and Real has actually beat them. So it's almost like he's going to the other side, right? So he signed a mega deal, and I think it's worth $130 million uh, transfer fee, and his annual salary is going to be in uh, around $35 million per year. And so exciting times. Um, he is considered to be you know, number one, number two, if not number two guy in the world right now in terms of uh, cash value. And so this is a good uh, look for him as well as Juventus, which is out in Serie A. And they are a team that is uh, known for winning championships. They just haven't won the European Championship. But if you look at the Italian domestic league in Serie A, they've won the last six out of seven, I believe. And what about the EPL now that they are underway? This is the first of them getting started, then the Bundesliga and some of the other leagues get started? Yeah, that's correct. So there's a staggered um, start for the major or top five leagues, if you will. This week starts off, as you mentioned, with uh, EPL kicks off really today with a couple of matches between uh, Chelsea, Huddersfield, Man United, and Leicester. Both of those teams won. Tottenham and also Newcastle. A couple of new changes in, in the league that people should watch out for. Arsenal has a new coach. So that's going to be very interesting. The legendary coach in Arsene Wenger, who's a Frenchman, who's been there for 23, 24 plus years. He's no longer there, so it's kind of interesting to see what this new look Arsenal is going to be all about. This is the same man that brought us Thierry, uh, Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira and uh, Dennis Bergkamp and um, and Percy, all these legendary players of uh, Arsenal fame. He's no longer there, so this is a new change of guard. A couple years back, uh, Manchester United obviously went through the same thing when uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left, and they tried to replace him with uh, David Moyes, which wasn't a success. And then eventually, they got their man in Jose Mourinho, who obviously has been a uh, you know world beater with. Uh, Chelsea with Inter and Real Madrid, um, as well as um, FC Porto in his home country in Portugal. So very, very interesting time in EPL with a couple of new coaches um, that are coming into the scene and also player movement. And so I'm interested to see what happens uh, this year on. Some are saying Man United is a team to beat. I think uh, Manchester City is still uh, the champ uh, from last year. And so you're still the champ until somebody mocks you up. Uh, they also have some new signings. So same usual suspects, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Man City. You can expect them to be pushing for the uh, EPL championship this year. Is that your favorite of the leagues? I mean, I know it's the most easily accessible to uh, the American audience. I know NBC has a huge deal with them, and they air their games uh, on uh, their main network. And then uh, on, what, Tuesdays, I think they do the the other games. Uh, so uh, is, is that, I mean, clearly that's the most popular league in America. Is that your favorite league? I would I would have to say so. I think the EPL, for me, I, by the way, I look at all the leagues uh, because of the various African players that are transferring. And I, I tend to follow a lot of those uh, guys that are emerging. And so I want to make sure that I, I don't discredit the other leagues in terms of uh, Ligue 1, Serie A, Bundesliga, and so forth. But I would say that EPL is by, by far the most widely watched in America. It is one of my favorite ones to follow because it is English-speaking, and they are on Fox and on some of the other American-based channels, so it's a lot easier to watch them as opposed to having to go online and try to figure out where you can get access to some of the other leagues. So, yes, uh, I would agree. And uh, who are you picking to win the EPL? They're putting you on the, on the hot seat here. You know, I, I like uh, Manchester City or Man United. I like those two. The reason why I, I like them so much because they have – such experience in coaches, guys who have uh, coached at the top of their league that have won the big big matches in the Europa Championship um, and uh, Pep Guardiola at Man City and then uh, Jose Mourinho at um, Man United. So I like those two teams. Um, obviously, they played the annual derby that is very, very big, one of the biggest uh, international matches. So I would pick one of those two to win it. Some would say Chelsea or uh, even Liverpool because uh, – Liverpool had a very successful year last year, making all the way to the uh, finals of the um, UEFA Championship. So we'll see. We'll see what the EPL has in store for us. I'll pick Tottenham. I don't know anything about them, but I'll just pick them, and then I'll start to follow them and see 
if I can, uh, oh. if I have a connection with Tottenham. So that's that's who I'm picking. <laughs> well, based Tottenham on nothing, not a bad, Tottenham Hotspur is not a bad pick. You know, they're always in the top four or five of the table. They are not known as a finished product yet. They're still tinkering uh, with the team. So I think uh, that's not a bad pick. Uh, they may pull up a couple of surprises. So we'll see. Now I want to ask you uh, real quick about the MLS. A couple of uh, European uh, folks have transferred in. What, Abramovich? Yeah, Zlatan. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And this M- is a legendary M- player M- for all sorts of reasons. Um, probably one of the most confident, some say egotistical, certainly controversial players in recent years. And he is of uh, Sweden. And the national background is he's from Sweden. But he's played for the biggest clubs in the world in every league you can think of. He has played for both AC Milan and Inter Milan. He has played in Barcelona. He has played for Manchester United in the EPL. He has played for Ajax in the Eredivisie, which is the Holland League. This is an international superstar, mega superstar, if you will. Uh, one of the top ten strikers, strikers of his generation, I would say. Recently, I think last year, came to LA Galaxy. And obviously, the LA Galaxy is known to have, you know, big splash signings, uh, following David Beckham, Steven Gerrard, Ashley Cole, all these international players. So he wasn't necessarily the first of the sort to come to LA Galaxy, but I would say the first kind of a striker, a mega superstar striker that the league has seen. He recently also got in a bit of trouble because he skipped out on the, uh, all-star game, the MLS all-star game kind of snubbed it. He show up and the league suspended him, I think, two or three games for that. So we'll see, uh, what, uh, this mega superstar has in store for the rest of the season. Uh, but certainly he's a goal-scoring machine. And when he scores, he doesn't just score your typical tap He scores some very brilliant goals. So if you look him up, uh, you can see some of his fascinating goals throughout the year. And Wayne Rooney joins D.C. United. Does that help elevate the level of play? Are these guys just playing at the end of their careers here? Yeah, I would say that they are playing at the end of the year. They're not coming, you know, when they're at the top of their game, when they can still be playing for the Manchester Uniteds and the Barcelonas, right? They're playing... When the uh, early 30s, you know, mid 30s, I think uh, Zlatan's probably 33, 34, 35, somewhere around that. Same with Wayne Rooney. But it is good for the MLS because it shows the MLS that it's able to attract big name superstars and international superstars. So I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just that uh, the MLS and domestically has to compete with also the EPL because there's a lot of international folks in America that still pay attention to the EPL um, and not so much the MLS. So that's the challenge here in America. Uh, bringing superstars, international superstars, and then trying to grow your league domestically while individuals here, in terms of fan base, are still paying attention to the La Ligas and the Serie A's and the EPL's mainly. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge for the U.S. market. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us, as always. You have really stoked my interest in soccer a little bit more. I, again, I love the framework of it. It's hard to, I mean, I'm, I guess you have to learn more about the game, but I watch more World Cup than I ever had before. And uh, I think uh, in part that's due to you. And hopefully some of our podcast listeners uh, have uh, gravitated towards a little bit more football uh, as well because of our conversations. Well, that's very kind of you, Devin. You know, here in Houston, I must say this before we we wrap things up. uh, There's a huge potential for the international soccer scene to grow and soccer in general to grow in Houston. And so I'm hoping to work within the soccer community to help uh, with that growth. I've joined the the soccer community and the soccer board at Lone Star Sports Entertainment. We're going to be hosting some international soccer events, mainly in the uh, Mexican national team versus Uruguay here in Houston on Friday, September the 7th. So I invite folks to come out and watch that international match. Both of those teams were in the World Cup, and so I think that's going to be a fascinating look for Houstonians to see. And we are a very international city, but to see two big-time international clubs play at NRG Stadium on the 7th uh, will certainly solidify that. And we also know that the U.S. has won bid for 2026. We believe that Houston will be a host city for the World Cup and will probably host between five to seven games uh, here in Houston. So we are a soccer city. We're a soccer town, if you will, and I hope to be... One of the uh, flag bearers of certainly, if not the international, certainly the African market in that, helping to grow that, as well as the inner city. One of my main uh, objectives in telling folks about the, the growth of soccer here in Houston is to also to be able to attract the youth who are our, our future in terms of uh, so many aspects of sporting. It's a great sport, foundational sport, but also very international in exposing their awareness, their education to different cultures, different experiences all, all around. So I'm a big proponent of soccer and uh I hope to help uh, Houstonians really understand it a little bit more and to really uh, uh, love it, especially those who haven't followed it in the past. Well, hey, we uh, look forward to visiting with you, and if you want to join us uh, before that happens, uh, be sure to let me know, and we will definitely make that happen. And 
anything that we can do to help, of course, the growth of uh, of any sport. So, I mean, hey, that gives me more to talk about. So we uh, certainly, you have an open invitation for that. So we certainly look forward to hearing from you in the very near future. Thank you, Devin. Hey, thank you, Professor Nana Asari, uh, talking all things football. And uh, with that, we will go to our next segment, which is Why We Kneel. Now, this came about because Kalina brought it to my attention. She said, well, look, I'm boycotting the NFL for a second season, and I, it's important to me, and this, these are the reasons why. And I would like to do a segment on why I'm boycotting. So every episode during football season, we're going to effort to make it every episode. Uh, she will tell you why she's kneeling. Now, what this does is because here on my Houston show, on my flagship, KTSU, uh, we get a lot of people who are, have fallen off the grid. They do not want to talk about football. They, or the NFL, rather. They don't want to talk about the NFL. They don't want to talk about it. Uh, the local team. They don't want to talk about any of it. And you want to provide an outlet or understanding for why they're doing that. But because at the same time, we're going to talk football every single week. Sports podcast. That's what we're going to do. But it's important to Kalina, and this is a big time contribution for her. And and you I mean. Did I get that right? Anything else you want to say about it before you you start with the segment? Yeah, I think that there's been some misconception. No, I mean, there's been total misconception about why people are boycotting, why these players are kneeling, they're raising their fists, they're staying back in the locker room. A lot of people want it to be unpatriotic or hate-filled. And I want to not only clarify why this was started, but also honor the very people that Colin was kneeling down for. And well, with that, here is why we need feeling the chilling moments that led to a police you officer wow. shooting me. Ultimately, wow. is to bring please, awareness officer, and make people. Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired. Why we kneel. On August 14th and 20th of 2016, 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick sat down during the national anthem. After sitting again during the August 26th preseason game, he spoke to reporters about why he was sitting out. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed, Kaepernick said. To me, this is something that has to change. When there's significant change and I feel that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Colin and former NFL long snapper and U.S. Army Green Beret, Nate Boyer, met soon after the attention Cap received, where they both discussed the reasons to protest and how to protest well. Boyer suggested taking a posture often given by other veterans when honoring fallen soldiers, kneeling. Colin continued to kneel as a protest to a country that continues to allow racial oppression while showing honor and respect to those who fought and died for the freedom the flag represents. Many are outraged by his actions, citing disrespect to the flag and veterans, some calling for the firing of any NFL player who would not stand. Others have joined him in kneeling on the field, protesting in the streets, or boycotting the NFL altogether. Each week, we will highlight an individual or group who has been affected by police brutality, racial injustice, or oppression. Colin Kaepernick opted out of his contract in March of 2017. He has remained unsigned since. He has a total of 2,300 rushing yards and 12,271 passing yards in the regular season. Whether you refrain from watching this season or you watch every game, we will honor the core of Colin Kaepernick's purpose of public protest, the real reason why we kneel. Now it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. And this week on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, I asked folks, hey, who should we nominate? And Melissa came up with the perfect person uh, to be awarded the Lamont Award. And I'll tell you this, it's more than an honor to be nominated because this guy is going to win it. And the guy's name is Brian Frank. I'll just let the reporter tell you exactly what the situation was with Mr. Brian Frank, and then I'll tell you why he's the big dummy of the week. Chairman and CEO 
Brian France. France was arrested Sunday night in Sag Harbor, New York, on two charges, aggravated driving while intoxicated and a misdemeanor criminal possession of a controlled substance, oxycodone. France was arraigned this morning. He was released on his own recognizance. So that was about Brian France and his DWI. So DWI, obviously, it's a bad thing, and it's not a good thing at all. But what separates Brian France from every other civilian is that Brian France is the chairman and CEO of NASCAR. So if, you, if you're over an organization that's about driving and driving safety, and you have pills and alcohol in your system and you get a DWI, that really is stupid. It's like, I don't know, what, what would be the equivalent of that, Kalina? I mean, like, uh, you are, what, what is it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even I, know. I can't think of one right now. But, so you're the head of, of NASCAR, and this is what you do? And you, I mean, again, chairman and CEO, I'm sure that comes with a huge paycheck. You could have got Uber or one <laughs> of your uh, 100 drivers to drive you home safely. Now, again, that, that's not a laugh. DWI is not a laughing matter. But when you are the CEO of NASCAR and you get a DWI, I don't know if he's going to keep his job, but I can tell you one thing. He is a big dummy. You big dummy. Now it's time for birthdays. Happy birthday to Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe fought and defeated on one of my favorite fighters, one of my favorite athletes ever. Uh, Evander Holyfield, Holyfield avenged that loss with a uh, win in the second one, and then they lost the third one. But Riddick Bowe, I, I thought had a bright future as a heavyweight, but those wars with the Holyfield just took everything out of him. But happy birthday to him. Hope he's doing well. Also, Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy, a, a magician passing the basketball for those old great Celtics basketball teams that won all those championships under Red Arbach. I think he went on to coach him as well, but he's a Boston legend. And I know a lot of people don't like the Celtics, but I I liked the Celtics back then. So, yeah. Well, not back then. That was pre-me. But the Celtics of the, the 80s, I, that was with my teams with McHale and Bird and Parrish and uh, Dennis Johnson. But, yeah. Doug Williams. Doug Williams won the Super Bowl. Didn't get to go to Disneyland, but, uh, you know, I've interviewed him a number of times. He's working uh, in the front office for the Washington Redskins. He's a he's a legend, and to be recognized as such, uh, my, my very first interview ever with it was with his head coach when I was just a, a pup talking to Eddie Robinson and talking. I mean, you talk about, uh, at the time, a living historian and just a walking encyclopedia of knowledge about all things football and black college football. Uh, but that was his coach. And Doug, I, I, again, I've had a chance to talk to him many, many times. And maybe we'll have him on the podcast one of these days if things slow down for the Redskins. Deion Sanders. Yeah, Neon Deion. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't have to wish him happy birthday. He's doing a good job of wishing himself happy birthday. <laughs> Jose Cruz. Jose Cruz, Houston Astro. And I used to imitate his uh, batting, unique batting stance, uh, a staple for Houston Astros fans in the organization, still in the organization, and just a, a, a Astro through and through. I actually went to school when it's fun. I went to high school when it's fun. Oh, nice. And my ex-husband, Roger Federer. Roger Federer is, hey, he likes Serena. Uh, they, they, uh, <laughs> keeping their careers going at a, at a traditionally late age for tennis players to be successful. But on top of just these celebrity birthdays, want to wish a very happy, happy birthday to my man Charlie Chan. Big time listening to Friday Express. Got him on these podcasts as well. My former boss and one of the better actresses. I, I'm sure she has a number of Georges. A D3 Award had a birthday this week. Uh, my boy Brian Beeson. Happy, happy birthday. His birthday's coming up this week. Melanie Porter Hogan, she's the MVP. Happy birthday, Melanie! And she is, she's ride or die. She rolls with the Friday Express, with KTS Sports Talk, and with the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. She is going to really, really enjoy her birthday. And last but not least, congratulations to you for your nomination of the Georgia. And we, we talked a lot about that, but I'm really, really excited for you. And I'm, I'm happy and proud of your success. And and I, although it's, this, it's a symbolic thing, yeah, you need that in a a sort of a career in which you not you're not always acknowledged, and uh, to get that acknowledgement is a good thing. Even to be nominated really is a a big deal. And that's it a, is that's a cool cool deal. Thank you, I appreciate it. So congratulations on that, and for everybody else, happy, happy birthday. birthday! 
Everybody sing with me now. Happy birthday. Just for the birthday people. With that, before I let go, before I let go, hey, before I let go, want to thank you guys. Want to thank Nana Asare. Want to thank you, Kalina, the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. Uh, a lot is going on. Potentially, probably, likely, there will be a remote on August 18th. I can't say the location yet until we get confirmation. And I know this is just such a Devin Wade way of doing things. It is, but you know what? I, I've seen that things are actually happening. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're doing a remote on August 18th. And uh, we want you guys to come out. We're going to be interacting with the crowd. We're going to be answering your questions. You'll have a chance to be on the podcast. Huh? You're going to be able to make comments, questions, cheer, boo, hiss. And, and meet us as well. So if you've never actually seen us in person, you definitely want to come to this. We're a lot of fun. And it'll be in a place that serves alcohol. Yes. And uh, I will be partaking at some point. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be before, during, or after. I think it should be during. Be after. during. Yeah, definitely during. during. And uh, maybe a little bit before. Get you started. Yeah, you lather <laughs> it up. It'll be, again, about 3.30 on the 18th of August in Houston. Now stay tuned to my Twitter, to my um, to my Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, and that you'll get definite information on where and when. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll have some T-shirts. We'll have some things. Uh, we'll have a lot going on, and we'll have some games and whatever else we can think of between now and then. So stay on the lookout for that because – I'm going to say it's going to happen. I'm just waiting for final, final, final confirmation before I can say the address and the name of the business. What else you have, Kalina? We are still looking for musicians that are wanting to be on the podcast. If you have any original music, please, 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 we need your radio edit. Hit us up on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can also tweet at us. We want to hear from you. We will take any genre. So come on down. Just radio edit. Let's make sure it's, it's, it's clean, relatively clean. Or we can clean it up. But, yeah, we want your music. It's a good way to cross-promote. And I, I still want to thank all the people. Man, We our numbers are exploding. And I'm pleasantly surprised, almost shocked. <laughs> and how this thing is going. So I really appreciate it. That means you guys are spreading the word. You're sharing uh, your thoughts and your uh, your uh, affection for uh, the podcast with your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. And we certainly appreciate that. I want to remind you guys, how can they get to you on Twitter? Yes, I'm at SoCali underscore S. I'm also on Instagram at SoCali. And I'm on Snapchat at So.Cali. Well, all of those ways to reach her. I'm at... I'm at Wade's Word on Twitter, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. We are efforting to probably have a website soon. So you can reach out to me on Instagram, Sports Talk with D Wade. We still do that from time to time. Yes, we do. And we still post on that, not nearly enough. And maybe you can do that today as well. So I um, want to thank you guys again. And as always, have a great day. I don't really care if you cry. I don't really should Should've saw the way she looked me in my eyes She said, baby, I am not afraid to die Push me to the edge, all my friends are dead Push me to the edge, all my friends are dead Push me to the edge, all my friends are dead Push me to the edge Phantom, that's alright Inside all white, that's how Daniel Ryder slept down I just want my brilliant man a brilliant her man now Everybody got the same sweat now All the way that I chat now Stacking my bands all the way to the top All the way to my bed falling over Every time that you leave your spot Your girlfriend call me like come on over I like the way that she treat me Gonna leave you won't leave me I call it that Casanova She said I'm insane